when I click I know. on you. Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> I stroll through the pictures What I've left behind You want again I'm locked up in memories They all intertwine In my mind I know tomorrow Cause that dawn will come You will never know Just what you have done Good evening, <clears throat> whoops, <laughs> excuse me, good evening and welcome to the Stop, Stop Child Abuse Now show and this is scan number 3284. I just got an itch in my throat and I don't know why. But anyway, uh, this Stop Child Abuse Now show scan number 3284, okay. Um, I'm Carol Levine, the Vice President of, of NASCAR and um, what I want to do here is uh, tonight we have Michelle Bless on. And Michelle Bless, and, and of course, Lori is here, too. Um, Michelle Bless is the co-host for tonight, and Lori is my co-host the other nights. And um, what we have tonight is Michelle as a special guest. She comes on, and we do have a topic tonight. Um, that's one thing I always want people to have is a topic. And uh, it's going to be about bullying in school. That's one of it, because uh, Domestic Violence Month and Bullying in School are both in October. So I'll mention a little bit about, um, you know, the bullying in school. But Michelle's going to run mostly the show because it's her night tonight. Okay, she comes on, what is it, once a month on Thursday, the first Thursday of every month. So tonight is her month, and uh, she is a survivor professional, and um, she's had one hell of a time of it in her life, I'll tell you that. And she's from Cincinnati, says here Cincinnati, and a survivor of severe child abuse who's now a minister and a chaplain. And and she was ministering today when I called her. I tried to call her, and she was busy doing something. Were you out in the street, or where were you? Out in the street. <laughs> That's what I feared, because I, yeah, I could hear kind of noises going on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that's what she does. I mean, she has uh, quite a life. She's had one. And um, she has turned her life around, and she's uh, she's a minister, she's a counselor, she's this, she's that, and a little bit of that and this. So anyway, I'm going to sort of like turn the show over to her. But I have to read the mission statement first and speak a little bit about NASCA, okay? We have a singleness of purpose at NASCA, and that is to address issues related to childhood abuse and trauma, including sexual assault, violent or physical abuse, emotional traumas, and neglect. And we do so two different ways. And number one is educating the public, especially as related to getting society over the taboo of discussing childhood sexual abuse, presenting the facts that show child abuse to be a pandemic. It is worldwide, and it affects everyone. That's as simple as that. 
Um, now, number two is offering hope for healing through numerous pairs and uh, providing many services to adult survivors of child abuse and information for anyone interested in the many issues involving prevention, intervention, and recovery. You hear me talking about those three right there a lot, and mostly on prevention, because I think that if we were more well-informed uh, and people cared more, I hate to put it this way, in the communities and even in the suburbs and the city, it doesn't matter where you are, okay? If parents cared more about their children's safety and they took the time to sit down and learn about how they can do that, how they can teach their children about being safer, because we don't live in a safe world, do we? No, we don't. All the stats have gone way sky high, way sky high. And if you look at the stats like I do, because I do a lot of research, you'll you'll discover that um, a lot of the abuse starts at home, okay? Mm-hmm. And um, we on NASCAR already know this, but people who are listening who are not a part of NASCAR, uh, they don't know this. And I really wish that when the social workers go in to investigate, if they do that, okay, and they don't do it quite enough, not nearly enough, uh, they too would know the red flags, the red flags. And what I'm going to do is tell you about our NASCA website. That's N-A-A-S-C-A.org. That's NASCA.org. NASCA.org has uh, red blocks, as I call them, if you scroll down to the red blocks, each one has a topic, okay? And all the way over to the right-hand side, um, not the last one, but the next to the last one, it talks about about our children. I think it's is it's a topic there. Click on to it, and it'll speak all about prevention, intervention, and recovery. It teaches you how to speak to your children, when to speak to your children, and uh, David Pittman, I mention his name every time that I do a show because he has a lot of articles in there about role-playing. Because let me tell you something, children have minds like little sponges, and when you teach them how to cross the street or you teach them not to take candy from someone, okay, whatever, um, they listen to you, they remember it. And uh, if you sit these children down and, and talk to them about child abuse, you, the parents, have to get over yourself. I don't know how many times, and just recently again, I have heard someone say, I want my children to remain innocent for as long as possible. Don't talk to me about this. I don't want to hear it. Um, those of us who went through it, we survived it, and we're here. Well, are you really survived by it? Because many times, yes, you move forward. But many times... Uh, hopefully you move forward if you get the help you need. But many times, okay, we have a little bit of this and a little bit of that going on in our minds because I know many of us have gone through atrocious, unforgiving type of of abuse, okay? And we're always yeah. going to remember, we're always going to remember a little bit about that abuse, one situation after another, whatever. And it can interfere with your life. It can interfere with all different types of, of things in your life, how, how it affects your life if you don't get the help you need. And it goes over into adulthood. Mm-hmm. Don't think that there's a, a magic knife that slices it in half, childhood, adulthood. That's not the way it works, okay? It goes over into adulthood, and many times you make choices that you shouldn't make because you have issues that didn't get resolved, and you don't make the right choices. 
That happens even today, all right? So it's very important that you, you know, look up David Pittman, and he suggests that parents do role playing. Now, I love the role play. I did that in mm-hmm. school, and I was always a clown, and I had a heck of a good time. But you also learn a lot from role playing, okay? Um, you have to get over the feelings that you have about talking to your children about child abuse. Uh, you have to guide them. You have to inform them to help make them safer, especially in what we're going through today. Because, like I said, all the stats have gone up. So if you learn how to role play and you feel more comfortable yourself as parents about speaking about the body parts, you have the head, you have the shoulders, you have the breast, you have the vagina. If you're a boy, you have the penis. And, you know, all these things all said in the same tone. None of this giggling going on. None of this calling it a cookie and for a boy a hot dog or whatever they say. I don't know. (laughs) Whatever. You know, none of that stuff because the kids will pick up on it. And mm-hmm. tra- chances are they won't come to you, okay, if they get touched. They won't. They can see you're uncomfortable talking about it. And that's something that you as parents have got to stop. Stop thinking about yourself and how it makes you feel. Instead mm-hmm. of thinking, uh, you know, make it a part of parenting. Make it a part of parenting so that your children are safer. And you can talk to them about this stuff once a month. Hey, how's school? Is every, everything going, right, you know, going on in school? Um, has anyone made you feel uncomfortable? Uh, has anyone, you know, tapped you, not on the head, but maybe somewhere else, you know, and, and get them talking because children will thank you for it and they will come to you if you do it the right way. So that's important. So that's how we as parents and grandparents can help our children so that they stay safer and they learn the red flags. Mm-hmm. Okay. I got that off my chest. I feel much better. So tonight, Michelle, um, we're talking about domestic violence, and uh, I, I know that I went through horrific you know, domestic violence, and you did too, and, and I know Lori has her stories too. And... Um, So what we do once a year is for the whole month of of October. I did that over at uh, Centenary, too. I helped the uh, professors who didn't know as much as they should have about child abuse and uh, domestic violence and all this other stuff. Some people do live sheltered lives, okay? So um, anyway, the point is kids over there, they want to become social workers. They want to work somehow in the field, and they need to be educated so that's how I got involved with that. So what we have to do is, and what we need to do, and it's a good idea to do, is once a month we, you know, I don't like using the word celebrate. That doesn't sound right. Um, and yet it's worded mm-hmm. that way, celebrate. Um, but at least bring forth awareness to, um, you know, domestic violence, how it affects you, um, and everything that goes along with it. It's it's a physical, mental, emotional type thing. So I have some stats here too, but why don't, why don't you tell us a, a little something about, um, you know, about abuse and how it affects us? Okay, well, you know, we got two topics. So one about, uh, I guess, child abuse, bullying, and domestic violence. 
I guess well, I can do it. We can do, I was thinking of doing first 20 minutes of one and, and the rest on domestic violence. Which one do you want to do first? Either one. Either one. You're the boss tonight. Go ahead. It's your platform. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay, you when, take it away. When I'm the, well, I probably end up the way I'm going to speak. It's probably going to blend in both, so I'll just go. Um, for me, as a child, you know, I seen violence, uh, domestic violence. I didn't know it was called that, being a little girl, because you know. but I watched my dad beat my mom severely. And I remember I used to always say when I was a little girl that I would never let someone do that to me when I grew up. Um, and then upon watching my mom being a, being abused, hold on. Okay, I'm sorry. Um, being abused, I was also physically, mentally, and emotionally abused severely and sexually abused. So I didn't have an outlet. And for me, um, I ended up, I was both. I was bullied and I was, I was bullied and I, and I was a bully. And the interesting thing is when you were mentioning bullying, that every time I did that, I felt such, I felt bad. Like, why did I do that? I don't want to do that. Uh, not in the beginning. In the beginning, it was like a, um, a outlet. Uh, it, you know, I, I couldn't punch or hit the people that was abusing me. So it was like when I was doing it, I felt such a relief and anger. But then I started feeling bad, like, why am I doing this to this person? And what, and, but I didn't do anything about I didn't stop until I, see, I saw someone getting bullied, and I stepped in. And from that point, I said I would never bully anyone again. So I became a, 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 a defender, you know, when I see someone getting bullied. Um, domestic violence is really on a high rise now in this season more than anything that I ever seen before. Going into shelters, so many women are coming in in roles to be safe, you know, um, or to be protected or to get away. And to me, when I when I go into the shelters to minister, I get so emotional because I see more and more women in there. And that's letting me know they're standing up for themselves. They're not, they tired. They don't want to, they don't want to take it anymore. They don't want to be a, a punching bag, you know. And, and of course, Carol, you know, we, we, we see the signs of domestic violence um, on women. I, I see it all the time, not just going into a shelter. I mean, I can be out at a place of business or, or, or an arena, and I just look at women you know, and men and children. And it's, you know, it's, it's, it's so many signs. Um, I remember one time I was in a mall and I seen this woman. She was walking behind this man, I assume was her husband, and she was shaking. And every time he would say something, she would jump. And, um, and so it was, uh, I, I walked as close as I could, and he was just downgrading her, you know, making her feel bad, you know, real bad. Like she's ugly and um she you know, he has to help her find something to wear for some sort of event or whatever they were going to. And um he took her into this woman's clothing store 
and he he and he she didn't pick out anything. He was picking out clothes, and he gave it to her and said, "Go try it on, and come out to each outfit so I can see." So I went into the clothing room next to her, and I can hear her whimpering, and um, and then she went out, and I can hear him saying, "You know, you fat. You don't look right." She wasn't even fat at all, but. He would say, that don't, that don't look right. Take that off. You know, you're so ugly. You're getting on my nerves. And she comes back into her, 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 uh, on her side. And I leaned, I, I, I took and hit the wall. And I said, you know, hey, how you doing? Um, you don't know me. Um, but I am a minister. And I'm an advocate for women in domestic violence. And I just want you to know that you do not have to accept that sort of abuse. Um, I see the fear in you. I know you are scared because I've been there. So all I want to do is if I give you a card, can I give you my card? So she didn't say anything, but I, I got on top of the thing, the stool, and leaned over. She took my card, you know. And um, I just said that I hope you call. You call me. You know, there are resources. There are places that you can go. Like this, this is the 20th century. You know, it's intolerable. Domestic violence is intolerable. You don't have to, you know, stay in that. You don't have to be there, you know. And then she was like, I have no place to go. I have no money. I said, that's what resources are for. We can help you start your life over again. So just so just think about it. This was last year. So to fast forward on her, um, it didn't happen soon. But out of the blue, um, I kept getting this call, but I, I wasn't able to click over because I was on the phone. And then she, then I got a text, and they said, you probably don't remember me, but I met you in the mall. I instantly remembered, and I immediately called her. And to quickly fast forward, um, she is not in that relationship. She, her, her divorce was finalized. She's working. She's in school. She has her own place, um, have a car, because we have uh, uh, the safe houses, um, they get so much donations from major corporate corporations and, you know, a lot of well-to-do people give donations and they help her get a car, get an apartment, get clothes, just to start her life over. And every blue moon I would hear from her and she's telling me she's doing well. Um, I asked her was she's dating anyone and she said, no, she's not interested in dating. She's just focusing on, um, focusing on, um, maintaining her life and, and um, you know, but she does have a relationship with her children because they were adults, and he isolated her from from the uh, her children. And you know, Carol uh, and Leanne, that's what they do. They first, you know, they, they come smoothly. They, you know, woo us and make us feel like, you know, they love us so much, and then that's when they show the real side of them down the line, and they isolate you from your friends and family. And then they start mentally ridiculing you, making you feel like you can't even uh, live without them. Like, like, like they are the only person that wants you. You know. Yeah, that's so true. That's so true. Um, they make you feel bad about yourself too. You know, they, like you said earlier, they make you feel ugly. You know, if you if you suffer terribly from low self esteem. Um, Lucy studied that, you know, the low self-esteem uh, part of it. 
And if you have any low self-esteem, if you suffer from it, they pick up on it right away. They, it's like, oh, um, oh yeah, it, it's, it's like amazing. an animal can sniff danger and, and, and that you're scared, that you're frightened, okay? It's the same type of thing. And, and these, uh, these men, if you want to call them a, a man, they can, uh, they're prey, P-R-E-Y, are, are people, you know, many times who do suffer from low self-esteem and other things, and then they work you, okay? They work you. And I in will, the process, um, yeah, go ahead. Look, I, I, well, I was going to say, I was, I was in two different domestic violence that almost took my life, so I would just mention one. This was over 20 years ago. Um, I was left for dead. Um, at, I, was, I had very low self-esteem. Um, I absolutely felt ugly. Um, and I was, I was um, and let me correct 20 years, but it was been longer than that because I, I wasn't even I wasn't healed at all. I was I was in a place that I wanted someone to love me so desperately and when I first met him he wooed me and said all the said all the right words and did all the right things and and um he was a predator. And um during this time when this this was going on, when he realized that I absolutely fell in love with him was when he showed his true colors. So it didn't happen overnight. You know, um but um, I remembered uh, I got to a point where, I mean, the way I was, I mean, this man would throw me in the bathtub, urinate on me, or, and um, make me drink his urine. Uh, one time he broke my nose and uh, broke my jaw, and he dragged me around the house, and, and he told me to, you know, suck his thing. And, and I'm like, I couldn't even move my mouth, and he punched me again in my face and said, oh, you're going to do it. You're going to do it. So I, I can't even describe to you the agony of giving a man oral sex with a broken jaw. But if I didn't, I, I, he was going to beat me. And, and, and um, he beat – now, I, I've been beaten throughout the whole relationship, but I, I'm getting ready to tell you about the end result when I made a decision it was over. And this was during the time when I just shared about the broken jaw, the black eye, um, how he threw me in the bathtub urinated all over me and um, told me not to move. And then I don't know how long I was in that bathtub. It felt like eternity. he come back. Apparently he must have went and drunk a lot of water to come back and, and had to pee again. He made me open my mouth, drink his urine. And I remember the urine was going on, on both sides of my jaw because he had split my mouth and it was hitting it. It was, it was very, very horrific. I felt like an animal in the streets. And I remember um, – I would say to him, you know, why are you, why are you treating me like this, you know? And, um, you know, and he would say, you know, you're not shit. You ain't nothing. Nobody loves you. Nobody wants you. You don't do what I say, you know, and all this. And, um, and then he dragged me back into um, the, the living room. And this man, he was like 6'4", wore a size 15 shoe. And I remember him taking his foot and he was, stomping on me, you know, just, I mean, stomping on me and taking, and then he would like, after he would stomp my whole body, then he would take his, his, his foot and put it on the side of my face. Keep in mind, my broke, my, my, my jaw is broken and just smash it down on the floor. I, I, I wanted to die. I, it, the pain was so agonizing. I, this beating was worse than any other beating I ever got from him. And, um, I, did I remember him grabbing me from the floor 
lifted me up by his by one hand. He was huge, and he choked me out. And because I don't remember anything until I came to on the floor. And when I came to on the floor, he was in the kitchen and he was talking to himself. At first, I thought it was somebody in, in, in there with him. But as I opened my eyes and I just squished because I didn't want him, I wanted him to keep thinking that I was out of it, you know. Mm-hmm. And he had all these knives and, 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 and hatchets and, and he was just sharpening it. And he, and he was talking mm-hmm. to himself and he was like, yeah, I'm going to take this bitch and I'm going to uh, cut her up and I'm going to put her in these garbage bags and then I'm going to dump her body um, in different parts of the of, of, of the community. Or It was crazy. And so as he was doing that, um, I heard a voice that get up. And I'm like, I, I just eased up. He didn't even hear me. He didn't even hear me get up. And I went to the door and I unlocked it. And I ran out, and uh, I, I keep. I don't know where I, I don't know where I'm at. I'm not familiar with the, with the air because he isolated me, you, you know. Um, so um, I seen a postman. I seen a postman, and um, I ran to the postman. He was by his truck, and he was like, "Oh my God, what happened to you?" And I'm like, "Help me, please help me." He beat me. Please help me. So I was trying to get into his car, and he said, I can't let you in here. I said, sir, please help me. He's, he's going to end up coming out. He's going to find me. And so he pointed. It was a big park, and, a, and, he, and but he pointed towards the park, and he said, there's a police station down there. And as he said that, and I looked, and I saw him running. And he came over there where the postman was, picked me up, threw me over his shoulder, and took me back in the house. And when he did that, he threw me against the wall, and that's all I remember. Um, and then I don't know how long I was out. I came to again, and and I said, God, you told me to get up and go out this door, and you let him get me again? I was done. I was done. And this time I, I heard the voice said, turn around and look at the door. I turn around and look at the door. People might not believe this, but I'm just going to be real about it. I saw the lock literally unlock and the door open. And I could not move. And yet I was lifted up and I went out again. But this time he he was sitting in a chair because I was on the floor. He was sitting in one of the lounge chairs and he heard me. So he was like toe-to-toe behind me. And this time... It wasn't empty outside. It was crowded. It was as business as usual, you know, uh, people uh, walking around, people driving. And I went in the middle of the street, and I started screaming. And he'd come, and he tried to pick me up. He could not lift me. And I saw this fire truck, and they were coming down. And I said, oh, my God, I know somebody's going to help me. But this time he grabbed me and by my hair and drugged me. And then he took me back in the house again. And um, he said, I'm, he said, I'm getting ready to kill you now. And it was just a matter of minutes. All of a sudden there was a bang on the door. I mean, it was hard. And it said, Louisville Police Department, we were told you drug a woman in here. You open this door 
or we're going to kick it open. He opened the door, and um, so four or five cops went to him, fire department. That fire truck that saw me was the one that called the police immediately. And um, they came in, and they was like, oh, my God. Now, keep in mind, I didn't know what I looked like. But they, right. I just kept, they, was, they were like, oh, my God, how is she still living? I kept hearing them whisper. And um, they put a handcuff on one of his hands, and they tried to handcuff his other arm, and he got away. He pushed and ran out. I could hear them shooting, but he got away. And they took me to um, the hospital, and, and I'm like, he's going to find me. And it was a policewoman there, and she said, you ain't never got to worry about him. We are out looking for him, and we got cops in front of this door. You are safe. And so, and I said, no, I'm not safe. He's going to get me. And so and she was like, look. And so I looked, and um, I saw all the police officers. They had me in the hospital, and then I passed out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I saw I was safe. I passed out. <laughs> when I came to, it was a police officer inside my room, and it was a, a domestic violence advocate there. Um, they had uh, uh, what they call SUV uh, officers there. And, and I must—I said I kept thinking to myself, "Why is all these people here? Like, what do I look like?" That's what they came to my mind. The ladies and the lady, the nurse said, "Here's the pictures." They took seventy-six pictures of 76 injuries mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. on my body. And I saw, I had this, something was like holding my, my jaw shut. My jaw was broken. I had two black eyes. Um, I had several uh, broken ribs. Um, my arm was broken. The other one was fractured. I, I was in pretty bad shape. But... With the grace of God, you know, um, they um, they after I stayed in the hospital for like two days, and they took me to a safe house, and but when I got to the safe house, um, the police rushed over there to let me know they got them. Um, they had all the exits or whatever. They I mean they they had a manhunt. He just went ahead and turned himself in. Um, so to end this story quickly, um, he. You know, they would tell me, you know, don't talk to him. Why don't you give us your phone? I said, no, because um, when they were, when they, I was able to get my phone, I wanted to talk to my mom and my family because I found out on the news, it was a big news thing, and they had pronounced on the news that I was about hung on a tree. And my mother had a heart attack, and she was in the hospital. So I wanted to connect, you know, keep in touch with my family. They thought that I was okay, that I was in a safe haven. Um, but guess what? He called me. And, and he would say, oh, how sorry he was from jail. But mm-hmm. I had the strength because I heard this before so many times, and I had the strength. And I said, don't call me anymore. We're done. We're done. That's right. And um, he said, if you press charges. He said, that I'm, facing, I'm facing over 40 years. I said, I don't care what you're facing. You're going to jail. You're going to stay in jail, I mean, and I'm going to testify against you. I got the strength to say, 
enough is enough. Nothing and being in that safe that. house, those, but it was those women, those advocates, those those workers, those uh, therapists, people there. They were, they just they just attached their stuff to me, and you know after I shared my story and I was telling them about my childhood, and this one lady said to me, "You was never healed. You were an easy target for him because right. you were searching for love. You were you weren't healed." Not not even from your childhood, you know, and that made sense to me. Like, I was not healed from my childhood. My childhood, as you know, Carol, was horrific, horrific, yeah. you know. Yeah. It's a wonder yeah. I still have my right mind. And when I used to hear people say, you know, something wrong with you, you crazy, I believed that. I felt like I was crazy. I felt like it was my fault. I felt like I deserved everything that, that happened to me. I felt like a weak individual. So it took a long time, a long time to allow myself and to tell the little Michelle inside me, it's time. It's time. You don't have to do you don't have to accept this anymore. You don't have to take this anymore. And you don't need a man to love you. Because I hated myself so much and I feel like what really did it when I said out loud I said to the lady, to those people that was there to help me, I helped me learn how to love me. And that was the beginning of my journey of healing. And um, that was over uh, 30-something years ago. And even to this day, I mean, I can definitely, I am definitely not where I was before. Of course not. Um, but I always tell people, whoever's listening, because someone asked me, so are you totally over it? You don't think about it? If anybody tell you that they don't think about what happened to them, I, I, I don't care who get mad. That's a lie. You're going to always remember the memory. But, it's, 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 but what I learned is to what to do with the memories, where to channel it. So I, I started writing, you know, because it was something that I always did as a little girl. So I would write down what I feel at that moment, what came into my thoughts, and, and that was hard because I would throw my, my pad across the room and a pencil. I'd go punch walls, not knowing that that was my healing process. That was, I was letting the anger out. So I'm going to stop there because I know you and Laura want to speak or whoever else is here, and we can go from there. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's a horrific story that you have, and uh, th- there's quite a people, you know, quite a few people on on NASCAR that have these horrible stories. But what's important is we're still standing, and, and of course yeah. we think back. I got into an argument with one of my family members the other day. I think I almost had another heart attack. I was so mad. <laughs> I'm serious. Be, uh, and my cat, my wonderful cat, would not leave my side. She put her paw on my leg, and and she would for half an hour. She stood there and looked at me. I swear to God. And, and I'm Carol, telling let you. Let me say this real quick. Let yeah. me say this real quick. Go ahead. People kill me when you know what I used to get over it. I hate that. Ugh. Don't tell me to get over nothing, and you ain't never experienced it. And I have, and I always do this. I tell other victims or survivors. Mm-hmm. Don't get over it. Don't get over it. You can't get over that. 
You can't just instantly say, okay, because they'll say, well, you're not a kid anymore. Get over it. How dare you? How dare you? Well, see, that's the that's problem. What, that, that's, mm-hmm. what, that's what the problem was the other night. And, look, I don't sit around all day, and, and I, I'm sure Lori doesn't either. And, and uh, Philip, I still don't know your story. But the point mm-hmm. is this. The point is this. Um, things that are so bad, like I had my husband tried to strangle me. Do you think that I'm mm-hmm. going to get over that? And I was standing with a butcher knife, and I had two small children. My kids were young at the time. First husband, number one, okay? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I was ready to, I, I had gone through so much in childhood of abuse that I wasn't going to take it anymore. And I'm t- I was searching for a place to stab him. He had me from behind. He had me in some kind of uh, throat hole, a lock hole around my throat from behind. And I knew the stove was right there. The kitchen is a very dangerous place. And we just had a very, very big party. And people were disgusted with him because he was so drunk. He was obnoxious. They left. But what I didn't realize was his father was outside because he had a camper. And and he was sleeping in his camper, but he couldn't sleep. There was too much noise inside. And uh, so I reached around to the stove because I knew there was a butcher knife there. And mm-hmm. I was going to stab mm-hmm. him. I and I, and I didn't feel bad about it because you know what? You either you fold or you get tough, okay? And I took That's that right. butcher knife, and I was going to stab him wherever I could stab him because my kids need a mother, okay? I knew they didn't have a father at that point, okay? So um, his father came running in, and I didn't even know he was on the property. But he came running in. He took the knife from me, cut the hold. He was able to get, get you know, stop that hold around my neck, and told me to go upstairs. So um, we separated after that, like two days later. And um, but I went back one last time because he wasn't drinking. And I thought, oh, boy, a wonderful pool. He's not drinking. We can go back to the way that we were. You see, they woo you, like you said. Mm-hmm. Um, he had two bikes. I loved them. I loved the bikes. And he had a Cadillac and, and all this other stuff. And I thought I died and gone to heaven. And here's mm-hmm. the problem. He used to pull a chair out for me. You mentioned at one time how they woo you. They do all these wonderful things. He take me to fancy mm-hmm. restaurants in the city because he knows I know I love New York and I'm from there. And so is Lori. Mm-hmm. So um, anyway, um, we take me to French restaurants, and and he'd open the door for me. Well, sometimes good is good, but if it's too good, watch out. Okay. See, that's mm-hmm. the way that he was grooming me. So that's what these guys do a lot of times is they groom you, okay? And then, like you said, mm-hmm. once they have you, then uh, they're almost like a narcissist because that's what narcissists do, and a lot of Absolutely. them probably are. Yes. Mm-hmm. So once they know they have you, then they're not so interested in you anymore, and what they do is they abuse you, okay? Absolutely. So it, it's an awful thing. And and many women go through that, and there are some men, because I lived across the street from a man who was being abused by his wife, and he'd sleep oh, yeah. out in the car, and, and, and he'd talk to his broom. We talk about talking to yourself. 
He had a, um, a glass-in porch, and he I don't know how many times you can sweep your, your, your porch, but he was talking to the broom, and he wouldn't go inside. You see, you get, like, mentally ill. You can get mentally ill when you're so yes, abused, you and maybe he was abused all of his life, like we were abused mm-hmm. all of our lives. And uh, so when you go through all of this, you develop all kinds of anxiety, depression, panic attacks like I had, and all, all kinds of things. And um, hopefully you get over it, but you never forget it. Oh, absolutely. You don't absolutely. forget that stuff. Yeah, I mean, there's no way that you can't because it's a part of your fabric. That's what I like to say. It's a part of your fabric. Um, it's woven into your fabric of your memories, of your mind, of your soul, of your spirit. It's woven in there. What you need to do, though, is not let it define who you are. Because today, I am a very tough, rough person, uh, but a very loving person, too, depending on the individual. And um, and I know who I am. I know who mm-hmm. I am. Mm-hmm. Now, Lori, what do you and, have to say? And then we'll go down to oh, Philip. Yeah. Um, I'm glad to be on. Uh, uh, your story always is most powerful I've ever heard, most brutal. Um, and I am also just like the people who found you surprised that you are still alive. How you survived that, I don't know, except for the angels uh, that helped mm-hmm. you through it. But mm-hmm. what you went through, I, it's, you know, when there's like that much violence to where, where everything is busted up, and it's all the time. I mean, um, Jesus, some of the. The, the I was watching the concert. I think it was Tina's, Tina Turner, and I knew her story from before. How mm-hmm. she would all come up beat up even and before she went on to the show and all that. Um, but with with her, you know that strength. I think you have like double that um, just to mm-hmm. survive what it did to your body, just to survive what it did to your mind. And then here's the third part around with you. You had the rest of your life once you said that it was time to get moving and start helping others like yourself. You still have that so much a part of your life from the last few years, of course, and mm-hmm. until you die. I mean, there's gonna be, it's just a whole other level. It's as we grow. The more years that we live, the more things that blossom from... You can't say blossom with your story, but it's the process. So the surviving part is definitely a uh, a blow away story. Um, I still don't get it, but what you're doing today is the best thing that you can do. Um, even your conditions. I mean, lots of people and they wouldn't even have bothered. You know, they would have folded, mm-hmm. you know, they would have given it up. And they wouldn't be so um, anxious to get in and, and help. They were not themselves there tough enough-wise, whatever. Mm-hmm. But with you and all your experiences and all your training and everything that you do, that got you to the point, just of today, because every day changes and you get stronger. Every time you come on here, we start healing more. That's the progress that goes on. You find out you're different like in a week. Oh, look, I went again. That's how it works. Mm-hmm. But you, let me tell you something. You are my idol. Oh, oh my goodness. 
She, that's <laughs> true. She talks about you quite often. Yeah, she's not the only one. There are other people, you know, who feel the same way. Of course, I'm going to, yeah, I look at you that way too, okay? <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, we all love you. But um, it's very hard for people to go through the life, you know, where, where you're beaten as a child because of bad parents, yeah. bad parents, bad parents. Yeah. And, and all the uh, sexual abuses that we go through which I did it starting at the age of six, you know that, you know my story, and uh, to mm-hmm. seven and a half in a pedophile house, and then then my stupid brother, and I will call him a stupid brother, um, couldn't keep his hands off, and kidnapped and raped, I mean, on and on and on and on, even though I lived back in New York, New York, New Jersey, New York, New Jersey, you know, um, on and on it goes, and then you, you know, think to yourself, when does it stop? So then what do mm-hmm. you do? I made two bad choices with marriages because somehow I didn't learn. Um, I didn't understand. I didn't get it, okay, because I was too damaged. I was too damaged, all right. And, uh, you know, I did get straightened out, and I know what I want in a guy today and and so forth. And and, um, we have to respect ourselves, and then once we respect ourselves, then there's a certain error that comes about us. You know, and a person knows that you demand a certain amount of respect in return, okay? Mm-hmm. And then, mm-hmm. then you, some of those guys will either walk away, and if they walk away, they're not worth it. And then the other mm-hmm. guys might try to, um, you know, try to get a, a relationship with you. Um, Philip, do you have anything that you want to say? Yes, yes, I do. Um, okay, I see that. I'm, happy, I'm, I'm not happy. I'm sad that you had to go through that, and I'm letting out my anger, so I'm hope, I hope that means I'm healing. But I'm sorry you well, had to go through that. Well, I'm sorry we all had to go through that. A lot of us mm. on NASCAR, you know, um, go through, you know, stories like Michelle's. It's, it's, it's disgusting. And, and it's, it's, it turned me, I mean, it turns people one way or the other, like I said, either you fold and you become meek, and I was meek for a while. Oh, yes, I was. You'd never know it today. Or, or you get to the point where you said, enough. And, and and you can turn volatile yourself. Because if someone comes up to me and, and you know, tries to strangle me again or, or be mean to me in other ways again, I will fight back. And, and if I lose, at least I went down fighting. <laughs> All right? That's just the way that I am. I, you know, I just, um, I won't take it. I won't take it. I think, I think I want to add to this part, like, and, and a little bit that I share, believe me, mm-hmm. and Carol knows, I've been through worse. And mm-hmm. I'm saying that to say that's where I want to give people hope. I am an example, like all of us, you put it that way. I'm not making myself different, but I just want to give people hope to know that I did it, and I'm still doing it. But we're here. See, I learned that. That little girl that went through all that child abuse, that young lady that went through the domestic violence, that was so long ago, but I can remember every detail. But those people inside me, that teenage Michelle, that little girl Michelle, that young adult Michelle that went through hell and back, the woman that I am today, I can protect them. 
and I I allow that inner self, inner me, to continue on a healing process and a healing journey, and that I'm not in that situation anymore, and I don't have to concern myself with a man ever doing that to me. And I I don't know if you ever heard this movie called It's called Enough from Jennifer Lopez. The movie is called Enough, and when she escaped her husband, the abuser, with her little girl, and she uh, got into martial arts, and this guy taught her how to fight. So I got into it and and, and learned how to fight. Mm-hmm. And now I hold three belts, black belts, and I've been in tournaments. Um, it, it's just it's a empowerment for me. I don't, I don't, I don't jump anymore. I'm not scared. I, that right. part I'm so grateful for, because I'm talking about if you live into, I lived in a prison for over ten years, and I mean when I say that, and Carol, no, when I say prison, I never, I never went out the door. I never saw a, excuse me, a human being in ten years. The only human being I saw was my daughter when she would come to my window when I opened to give her my card to go pay my bills and to bring me groceries. That's the only person I saw for 10 years. I, I lived in a prison because I was so broke down and beaten that I accepted the fact that I was a loser. I accepted the fact that I was unwanted. I accepted the fact that I was ugly because that's what people told me. You know, and so instead of sitting day in and day out, 24 hours a day, crying, I started medicating. Mm-hmm. I medicated. Mm-hmm. I stayed zoned out. That was my life. I accepted it. And I, it was. And, and guess what? And I was all right with it because I didn't want to feel. I didn't want to feel. That's but today... Right. I feel everything, and it's okay to feel, and it's okay to 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 when those memories come up, you know. I, I just I just write, but mm-hmm. I I got little notes on my mirror in the bathroom today where I I say to myself, Michelle, you are beautiful, Michelle, mm-hmm. you are loved, and so when when and and I get my healing. When I go and help other people, and how do I help? By sharing my story, by letting them know that you're not alone. I had one young lady say, well, I wasn't sexually abused. I was just beaten. Let me tell you something, sweetheart. I grabbed her and held her while she was crying in my chest, and I said, honey, ain't no difference in abuse. Abuse is abuse. I don't care if it's mental, physically, physical, Emotional, sexual, I don't care if you just experience only mental abuse. It's the same pain as it is sexually. And this lady asked me in the audience, how can you say that? Because I went through all of those abuses. And I'm going to tell you something. It's one, 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 one is just as painful as the other. Yep. A mental and emotional abuse. You start out so those as a two are locked together. Telling you, huh? Mm-hmm. Those two are linked together. You know, Absolutely. all the studies, 
Yeah, all the studies that are done, they they put them right in the same category. Because if you're going through emotional abuse, you're going to go through mental abuse too. You know what I'm saying? Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Emotional and mental is just that pain is just that it's it's like the same pain as being sexually abused. Mm-hmm. And I can say that because I experienced it. Because the mental and the emotional happened first with me, beginning at the age of two, two years yeah. old. Oh, Lord Jesus. Yeah. Two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I felt like mm-hmm. I, I, and it said, a child, a little girl or a little boy at the age of two or three years old, and they wish they were dead. Yeah. Because the pain yeah. was that overwhelming. That's a horrible thing for a child to endure. So keep that. Watch this. So now this child, little boy, little girl, the mental and, and, and mental and emotional abuse. Then they get a little older. What around six, seven? Here come the physical. Well, the physical already started at, at, at that time. So here come the sexual. So keep in mind, the mental and the emotional never stopped. The yeah. physical never stopped. That's going on, and then you got a new abuse coming on. That pain ain't no different than the other. I don't wish that kind of pain on nobody. And yeah. So when I tell people, you know, you, I'm depressed, well, why wouldn't you be depressed? I've, I've yeah. been, I, I try to kill myself. I stopped counting after the 35th time. Oh, God, Jesus. I, I, I've been to mental war. I tried to kill myself. Yes. I did not want to live. You become right. dead. You become empty mm-hmm. because there was no one there to protect you. That's right. Being the hurt part is when somebody you know they knew and they still didn't protect you. That's a heavy load that weighs on an individual that is being abused. Yes. Very heavy. Yeah. Michelle, I, I got better treatment when I was a kid, a teenager, out on the street, mm-hmm. because those people out there looked at me like I was their little sister, okay? Mm-hmm. They actually protected mm-hmm. me. I saw mm-hmm. girls being sent off, okay, from where I was hanging out, a very bad place. Um, mm-hmm. I don't really like talking about that. But anyway, I saw two of my friends OD right in front of me, and I couldn't help them. They died. Right, They were foaming at the mouth, okay? I couldn't mm-hmm. help them. And the cops would come, and I had to run. Okay, I had to run and leave my friends. Oh, that hurt so bad. Oh, my God. I'll never forget that. I'll never forget it. But I, I knew they were dead. They, when the cops mm-hmm. I found out later on, they, they, they couldn't resuscitate them. There was nothing they could do for them in the hospital. They just took them to the hospital and then to the morgue. So, you see, mm-hmm. when we're abused at home, and it starts at home, at four years old, mm-hmm. I was mopping blood off of my mother's face. Because of my stupid yeah. father. I call him stupid, too. He wasn't really my father. Ancestry mm-hmm. taught me a lot. Told me who I mm. was, actually. But um, those years before I found out, I thought that that was my family on the other side, my so-called father, okay? And I mm-hmm. saw so many people beating each other up, okay? And, and it's something I, I'm laughing a little bit because they look like the, the the three stooges at times. Although there's more than three, they just reminded me of the stooges. Other times it was so mm-hmm. volatile. Okay, 
Um, you saw teeth flying and all this stuff. What does this do to a child, okay? So you're seeing domestic violence within the whole family unit. And and then it yeah. goes into, you know, sexual, okay, sexual violence and, and in the mm-hmm. family unit. And when you approach, you know, your mother and you say to her, um, okay, uncle, as I knew him to be, and he's not, um, but... Mm-hmm. I knew then he was, I thought he was, he's, he's doing this, he's doing that, she didn't care, and then my brother, um, that was a, a, a totally different thing, and she said, well, it happens in families, that's not good enough, we know it happens in families, okay? Mm-hmm. And because they were so wealthy, what? they kept him out of jail, honey, they paid people off. You know what, my, my grandfather, that taught taught me about sex and what women are supposed to do to men because that's all that's what they're made for or, or that's what my grandpa did do you know when i became an adult i found out he wasn't my real grandfather is that right that was another layer of abuse on top he was dead gone then i found all this time i thought he was my real grandpa i met my real grandpa before he died my real grandpa i searched You're him looking. out and he broke down and cried when he thought that that happened to us, that he wasn't allowed to be known or to be around us. My grandmother uh, got, was so angry and hated my real grandpa because he wouldn't marry her. Well, he wouldn't marry her because she was a freaking drunk. She was an mm-hmm. alcoholic, and he wasn't mm-hmm. going to marry no alcoholic. So she mm-hmm. never shared with us, her grandchildren, that we had a grandpa. You know, when, when we learned, you know, because it was so long ago, when I met my my grandpa, you know, with my grandmother, we just we weren't told a difference. I thought he was mm-hmm. my grandpa. That's how it is. And I said, and wow, so you so find out different. Yeah. 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 And, and yeah. I mean, those people are, are, are family until you find out that, that they're not your family. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. it doesn't make any the situation any different. But it makes Disgusting. you feel weird. I remember that. <clears throat> Definitely feeling very, mm-hmm. very, very weird from all of that. I just want you to yeah. know that every every minute, this is from 2022, okay? And this mm-hmm. is from the National Coalition Against Domestic Violence. And they've been around since 1978. So they know what they're mm-hmm. talking about. So um, every minute, 20 men and women are physically abused by their partners. So true. Okay. And That's so I'm letting, other pe- I'm letting people know this, these stats, a little bit, because I only, have a f- I only put down a few tonight because you're on and I want you to talk. That means that there's nearly 10 million accounts of domestic or partner violence each year. The mm. CDC says one in four women and one in ten men, okay, um, will have sexual abuse. All right, they go through sexual abuse from their partner or from mm. somebody else. Physical Oh, yeah, your own partner? Oh, yeah, because he raped me. Mm-hmm. When my, oh, yeah. my ex, when he did all that to me, he, he you know, he raped me. He, he raped me brutally mm-hmm. for, for mm-hmm. 48 hours. Oh, Lord 48 Jesus. 48 hours of torture before that ending. You know, when I told you I ran out the door, I meant to say that was after 48 hours of torture, beaten. And raped, nonstop, nonstop. That's it was. Uh, uh, mhm. 
Mm-hmm. Well, then there's also stalking. They, say, you know, if you break up, this is a very, very. very I want to. I, men- I have to mention this because it's true. Um, when you break up with your partner, it's a very dangerous time, especially if he's vol- you know, volatile and all this other stuff, and he's been volatile with you. Um, when you break up with that person, then that person will stalk you, and he may capture you, and yes, he could kill you because he's That's mad. He doesn't fact. have yes, and and I I've seen pictures. And stuff. That's why I, I say that I experienced yes. that. Yes, yes. So people have to be careful. They have to actually stay around family members that love them or friends that they care about them. You know, until this person is either put in jail or disappears. I'm going to say disappears somehow. I don't care, okay? And that may sound cold on my part, but that's the way I am towards this because when you go through too much, that's what happens, okay? And Absolutely. that's just what happens. So now, one in ten high school students has experienced physical violence from a date, uh, dating from a partner going out on dates. Maybe they get they think they're in love. Think about the passion you feel when you're falling in love when you're a teenager. Oh my God, I remember that. <laughs> but anyway, mm-hmm. um, one in ten high school students are actually beaten, or or you know date raped, or or with someone that they think they they care about. Seventy nine thousand three hundred and thirty five victims. Okay are served, and 44, that means they have to go to court because they twist it around. All right. So then, but 44,882 adult and child victims of domestic violence, okay, find refuge Mm -hmm. in an emergency shelter, transition housings, or hotels. Now, Michelle, you work with even the underground, all right? You work with even the underground. Mm-hmm. And and you see that's a wonderful wonderful thing, because um, with shelters it's it, you have to be careful. First of all, no one should have a cell phone for at least two weeks, okay? Um, when they well, oh, this a, is my opinion, okay? Well, in, well, a, in a, a shelter, house, let you know. No, in a yeah. no a shelter is different, but a safe I house. Know. Oh no, you're not gonna have no phone, but they're gonna take your phone. You will be searched yes. because they the safe houses is different than a regular shelter. The safe right. house, these are women that are being sought after their partners who wants to kill them. And you, we, we have to protect the other women in the safe mm-hmm. house. So once mm-hmm. you come in, we bring you in, we definitely we check you. You know, if you got mm-hmm. uh, cell phones, iPad, don't matter what it is, that's removed. That, that you can't have that because, it's, right. because you're not healed, it's, it's going to be a chance where that man going to reach out to you and you're going to get sucker in. A woman That's got right. killed because it, that, that made that law, that made that law in, in, in effect. So mm-hmm. it, it, you know, it, it's different than going to a regular shelter. You know, shelters well, are it, local. Even in the shelters, yes. That, that's they're right. Known, and I've worked in them, too. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, they're different. Mm-hmm. I've worked in the shelters. I mm-hmm. did that some years ago. But mm-hmm. uh, And people would get pissed. I mean, they'd go AMA, <laughs> okay? They'd get out mm-hmm. uh, against, you know, mm-hmm. medical advice and all this other stuff because they thought they had they weren't done. I think it's they weren't done. You know, mm-hmm. we, we, we say, you and I can say that we're done we're not going to let people abuse us anymore and, and all this other stuff, and, and we're done, okay? 
and, and mm-hmm. I know that I'm done. And if somebody comes after me, I will, I will protect myself. My bedroom is full. I shouldn't even say this, but and I don't care because it's full all over the mm-hmm. house. But I have, you know, whatever I need if someone does come after me. Now, why am I like that, Michelle? Because of what we went through when we were kids. Exactly. I mean, I, I've got stuff all over the house. People don't know it. They don't know where it's hidden. I know where it is, okay? And, and uh, because My so much of uh, Yeah. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm serious. It's like a military I, I've got a long system all over. I'm and, to my home. I believe yeah. me, I, I, I got so much... I got so much stuff that's uh, that's out that's 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 in my home that I can get to so fast, and it, you know it, that's just the way it is because uh, people say that's been so long ago. That's how you live. Yes, I mean don't get me wrong, I'm doing great, mm-hmm. but my house is ricochet. I got stuff everywhere just in case. You that's never right. know. That's you right. You never know. But and I said, boy, I, I'm I'm a I'm, but but I, I guarantee you, I ain't going down without a fight. That that's so, exactly that's right. I mean, mm-hmm. I, ha- I have a pair of nunchucks in there, all right? Check it out. I'm not going to say which <laughs> room, but I have a pair of nunchucks. Now, now Marty was into karate, and uh, mm-hmm. he taught me. He tried to teach me a little bit with the nunchucks, but I kept hitting myself in the head. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I, I, was, I needed to practice more. <laughs> I know. Yeah. It's funny. I mean, I used to get punched oh, yeah. in the head, okay? And here I am hitting myself in the head with the nunchucks. All right, I, w- I won't use that, okay? But I have other things. Um I even have my baton, if you will, from um, from when I worked at uh, uh, detention, because that was a it we housed children, but they committed adult crimes, all right, and we had handcuffs and all this mm-hmm. other stuff. No gun. Mm-hmm. I wasn't a cop, but we had cops there. But we did allow to have those other things in case they turned on mm-hmm. us. Sorry. So I mean, I have all kinds of things from there, and then I have other things, and I'm not going to go there because I believe. Uh, that people have a right to protect themselves, okay? I believe Absolutely. that. We were not put on this earth to be abused by anyone, okay? I and if that means I've got to whack somebody in the head, honey, I'm going to whack them in the head, okay? No, absolutely. I, you know, that's just the way it is because this is, mm-hmm. you know, I've become very tough, and um, that's the way I am. But 3.6 million cases of child abuse are reported each year. Now, I've heard wow. that number before. I've heard that mm. before. And I think maybe, all right, this is from 22, I think maybe even more because as the tension grows in our country with all the stuff that's going on, um, of course, and the tension is in the homes. And in the bad homes, there's tension anyway. So you, I, I think it's probably about 3.6 million might even be a little bit of a low number. And um, abused and, what does it say here, neglected children, are 11 times more likely to engage in criminal activity as an adult. Mm-hmm. 11 times more. Not 10 times now, more, 11 times mm-hmm. more. Now, don't forget yeah. about the, the high rise of uh, domestic violence and abuse from the teenagers in high school. These young yeah. boys, I mean, what, then they say, where they get that from? You don't, you don't know what their story is. You don't know what they went through as a teenager, I mean, as a kid. You don't know what they mm-hmm. saw. But they literally, they are abusing these, their girlfriends. I mean, it's, it's on the high rise. You get a lot of domestic violence in, in the school system. In the That's school right. system. Oh, yeah. That's another thing that it, we do in, in, in October. We, we speak also about bullying. Now, for a while, mm-hmm. for a while there, we had people would come on the show. 
who worked in the field of bullying, you know, with kids and stuff, and they'd, they'd have presentations at the schools. Mm-hmm. Uh, then all of a sudden they wanted to get paid too high. Okay. I had mm. this guy who was going to come on the show. But, he, of course, he wanted to be paid. Look, we work for nothing. Uh, yeah, you he, know how much research I do. And Lori knows how much research I do. And I don't get paid mm. for any of that. Okay. So the, this guy I had, he was going to come on. My heart. That's right. And, and I thought to and myself, you know, this guy's really making me angry because, all right, maybe he gets paid in the school system. They'll give him a certain amount of money. And even over at the university, I could have gotten $150 per um, presentation. Now I'm kind of mm-hmm. sorry I didn't take it. <laughs> That's beside the point. But anyway, the point is... Um, I don't ask for money when I do presentations. I told him, no, I don't want that. And, and what, mm-hmm. what I've learned from life and, and schooling and, and other things, and this one, what I've seen, what I've seen, I, I, I'm just sharing it, man. I'm, t- I'm teaching it. I don't need to have mm-hmm. $150. $150 isn't going to wipe away what we saw and what we know. Okay. So put it towards another charity that's good. Hey, give it to NASCA, all right? <laughs> Whatever, you know. You know, we, we try, we try. Especially years ago, it was very, you know, intense. Uh, NASCA was very intense. I would like to see that intensity come back again. Yes, yeah, I was like, I was going to say, honey, you know, I know. Yes, it was. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes, Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. you hear that, Lori? Yeah, you do. So you see, um, that's that's one thing that we do know because uh, I've been on the show for 14 years almost, and I was with Lori um, Smith for two years before that. So that's almost 16 years on the radio. Mm-hmm. Long time. All right. And see, so I, I've came, seen, I, I was yeah. introduced to Carol. She was already here. I came in the same year. That's how long I've been with NASCAR. Yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? 2010, I think I, I joined NASCAR. No. Uh, no, it was oh, before that. Oh, no. Uh, okay, no, I came in 2012. You you were in 2010? Well, I did say you were already there. That's what I met. Because Bill introduced me to No, I met oh, you on Oh, I know. Facebook. It's been a long-ass time. <laughs> okay, yeah, it's been a long time. So, um, you know, all right. Hopefully, that you know, people listen. Hopefully, they, they we help people. That's the idea. That's what we're here for. Um, you know, we tell our stories and, and, and all this other stuff, and hoping that, first of all, they don't feel alone. I am the night owl. I get an awful lot of calls, and, boy, some of them are really wow. And um, I try to teach other people um, who are on shows, um, you know, how to, to run those shows to no avail. And uh, mm-hmm. But also, too, to have your cell phone next to you. Um, mine's mm-hmm. on the charger, so it's not in here tonight. That's why it's quiet. <laughs> My phone mm-hmm. always goes off like crazy when I'm running the show. It drives me nuts. Uh, one night I threw it. I thought I broke it. <laughs> God, no. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, the point is this. Um, we try to teach people what we know of how to run a show. You know how to run a show. Lori knows how to run a show. I know how to run a show. And there's other people that know how to run a show, and then there's those that don't. And we hope that, you know, that um, we get back to maybe where we were at one time. And if not, de la vida, la vida, okay, such is life. Mm-hmm. All right. But um, but anyway. <laughs> hmm? 
What did you say? Oh, another story on that one. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Mm-hmm. And, and I won't speak about that. But right, not here. Yeah. But anyway, the episodes, um, yeah, 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 yeah. So the traumas that we go through as children, and if they're not addressed, okay, if they're not addressed, um, it goes right over into adulthood. Yes. And, and that's one thing we know. I even know with myself, for God's sake, I'm, I'm not a perfect person either. I mean, you know, I had to look at me in the, in the course of all the many years that I, I started to heal. All right, and uh, I say it every time. That we are, really we good are, I need to say this. Man. We, we all are strong survivors. Yes, we are. Tina, Tina Turner wrote a song like that. We are mm-hmm. strong survivors. Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. want everybody on here to remember that. Mm-hmm. We are. Because you know why? We're still here. <laughs> That's right. So you are, yes. Yes. We're still standing. Amen. That's why I like to put it. We're still standing. Yeah. Yes. So, um, Lori, what do you have to say about all of this? Uh, it's a love of a show. It's real. A lot of hope that we can go back to the way it was in the beginning and do this. Every night for the people. Um, yeah. I honestly think they should have another, <laughs> like, a, you know, you buy a mailing list. Everybody should have a newsletter to deliver right into the house, you know, bring them all out if it was possible. Mm-hmm. Um, it's people like us, unfortunately. I mean, the strength just to come through what we came through, I don't know understand how any of us are still standing but we are and we give them back and keeping up with it i mean i'm not mentioning age but one of us has been at this most of her adult life you know and uh doesn't plan to stop so i'm i'm just amazed um and refreshed and after all the horror that i heard tonight that it can go away because I, you know, and clear my head and whatever because of what you've said. You've proven that there is hope um, because you are here. And all the people who don't know you from all those other years, as soon as they hear you um, speaking, they're going to be attached to it. They want to know because it loses themselves. I'm talking to right now. Your story is so horrific. Um, and you tell it so well that it's almost like I'm watching it on TV type thing. It puts that mm-hmm. picture in my head. It's just, you know, it's really captivating, almost riveting, but, you know, in such a horrible way. Mm-hmm. But it's what you do. You're spreading. And from there, it, you know, people are stepping up now because more are coming yeah. out. And the more in the shelters you see, it's like good. That means more people are are getting help. I'm glad. Yeah. So I see all the abuse and whatnot, um, and these monthly dedications to them is a positive thing um, because we are spreading awareness that affects. I'd say the world. I mean, this goes on from. From A to B, it doesn't matter. It happens all over to everyone, anyone, any race, any kind of living situation. It just right. happens. And I am not mm-hmm. surprised at all that it is happening in the schools. 
Um, one of the reasons I left New York was the violence. Um, yeah. Teachers are scared because the gangs are in there. I mean, mm-hmm. it's gotten to the point where, like, why don't you just build a little police station in the school? That's how often they're called. Mm-hmm. So much more is needed, but there are people like us out there. I mean, we're not over the hell. least, well, obviously the healthy one over there who, who does karate, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. he's pretty awesome in the time. I'm like spending a lot of time doing that. I know someone from New York that did that. What strength. <laughs> Inspirational just like, just like you, you know. Those people mm-hmm. do exist. So you know there's the bad. The first is becomingly aware, and then the other thing is these people have to realize it's not going to be ignored anymore, and they're going to be held accountable if they are caught, say, near Mm -hmm. the house of a kid that has been screaming every single night and did nothing. I say the police station should haul everybody into court and fine them for not doing anything for the kid. You know, that yeah. that would really be a show of strength. Uh, in the future, I believe all kinds of things are going to happen, especially, you know, knowing that uh, you two are in the world. Well, I think that um, I, th- I think that there's going to be a change, Lori, okay, because now the people, the people, society, the people, are starting to get really mad, okay, because, um, you know, a a lot of things happen. And and look, look at the kids who are out on the street, you know, looting. I mean, for God's sake. Yeah, that is big time news. Really? I mean, you know, and they're allowed to loot as long as it's $995, anything under 1000 because 1000 is grand larceny, okay. So um, mm-hmm. anything under a thousand, if the police do get them, okay, they take them in, and when they go before the court, you know, the the, the judge the next day, unless it's a weekend and it's on a Monday, um, what he says, oh, well, well, how much was uh, this? You know, how much damage? How much did that cost? How much did this cost? Whatever. If it's under a thousand dollars, he gets a slap on the wrist, or she gets a slap yeah, on the wrist, the and, and, and they go out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I was watching mm-hmm. the other day. I watch the news a lot. You guys know that. But there was this one teenager. Oh, my God. Um, I don't know what it was she stole, but she was laughing her ass off, okay? And she knew a cop yeah. was chasing her. Did you see that? And and, and he tackled her, and um, he was trying to pin her down because she had all these the stolen goods, not as much as some of the others, but she still had stolen right. goods. And she's laughing at him. She's she's laughing at him. And he got pissed. Did you see that? Yep. He got pissed. Yes. And, and you know, like, you know, what are you doing, you stupid girl? I mean, what are you doing? What are you doing? You know, that some years ago, if so, I know, if so, it made me laugh. Okay, it was crazy. Years ago, if a, a, a kid was caught, you know, shoplifting, looting like that, whatever. There would be no smirkiness or no laughing going on from the kid or even from the cop. And, and like, you know, none of this stuff would be going on. And that kid would go, you know, to juvie where I used to work because of of their behavior. But I always say, okay, these kids a lot of times, whoever they are, these kids are, are being taught hate at home. 
and and they're yes. not being taught the right things, and they think they have a right or whatever. Well, maybe they just want to go out and do it because there's things they want. They want, you know, the sneakers and all this other stuff. And if it was me, it would be pretty jewelry. You know how I am. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You know, but, you know, like, um, and they think they have, it's, they're entitled or they have they have the right or whatever. I don't know what's going through their heads because the kids years yeah. ago wouldn't dare have gone, had done that. They wouldn't. Absolutely They'd be scared to. They'd be scared to. I, I would have been. I couldn't do that. Not like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, that so, was a no-no um, back in the <laughs> day. <laughs> I mean, I mean, oh, come on, like man. I think yeah. I got beat down. <laughs> well, my mother, my mother, she would have had a ball on me, man, because she would listen to, if I didn't clean up after my stupid brother in the kitchen, um, she'd beat me for that. He's five years older than me. Why should I clean up his mess? And sometimes... You know, I'd stand up for myself, and then I had to go pick my own switch so she could switch me and beat me. And then I started mm-hmm. getting a little smarter because I realized if the switch had a little bit of brown in it, it wouldn't hurt as much. I had welts all over my legs, and wherever she mm-hmm. got me had a welt, you know. Now, I'm an athlete. I was. Not anymore, believe me. But um, she ran pretty damn fast, too. <laughs> so, you know, she'd mm-hmm. get me with that switch. And so this is how a lot of us were brought up, and she'd punch me in the head and all kinds of some poor yeah. boy. She was thrown out of windows and stuff. Come on. I, I mean, this, it, it's it's amazing that we're walking, talking, and we turned out to be good people. It's I amazing. I got hit with a shotgun butt. I got hit with an iron, a broomstick. Yep. I, got, I, I never experienced a whooping. I got beaten. That's exactly right. It never got a spanking. Never got a spanking. It was always no. no. I never got a spanking. I got beaten. I mean beaten. That's right. Beat me too. Time. That's right. Mm-hmm. And and that's why my legs looked really bad. And um, even to this day, I have little scars all you know on my legs, and I know what those scars are from. And then I think about there's got to be something out there, some kind of lotion I can buy to, you know, the, you know, it to is. cover some of those. There, that's what I figured. You know, there's got to be something out there because I it have is. scars on my it's, legs. Uh, uh, but what is it? Oh shoot, butter something. I forgot butter. I'll find out and I'll tell you where you can get it. it yeah, it'll okay, that's the good. Stuff. Yeah, because, I mean, you know, <laughs> hey, look, sometimes my legs are, now they're getting very shapely because I lost 30 pounds. Oh, yes, I did. All right. All right. So, yes, I did. I was, I don't mind saying this stuff. I, I was a, a size 18. I told Lori, I got up to a size 18, and I'm only five foot two now. I shrunk two inches. So, you know, now I'm down to a 12. I wanted to be a 10. Okay. That's good. You're getting there. But I can't get to that 10, it seems like. I'm not going to kill myself. I'm hardly eating, all right? So um, that's a good difference from a 12, you know, up to an 18. That's a a nice size difference. Yes, it is. But Mm -hmm. I have my legs where they have marks on them. I see it. And, um, you know, it it brings back the past just by looking at that. Lori, Mm -hmm. you've got to have, have scars on you. I know you do. I do, yeah. my face especially. I mean, when they threw me down on the road and I slid my face on the gravel all the way, I was supposed to have plastic surgery. There was no mm. skin left from 
my chin all the way on up, but I never had surgery. So you can tell that side was damaged. It never really even caused an injury. Um, mm-hmm. My head in the back, it's crushed. The person who's cutting my hair yesterday, you know, she's wondering, and <laughs> we all know it's because when they, my head got crushed, of course, all the hair got closer together, and that's why it's thick in one spot. But in the back mm-hmm. of my head, it's flat. Yeah, and the other side of me has cancer biopsies. And hell, I don't even look in the mirror past combing my hair. <laughs> so I don't want to see all you that are stuff. Beautiful, I don't know why you won't look in the mirror. She's very I cute. Think, I, don't I don't want to hear you. that. Yes. I don't I, think so. you're beautiful. She, when when Lori smiles, she, it just lights up her whole face. It's Have you nice. noticed that? Like when she was, she was like mm-hmm. a little kid when she was opening up all those uh, things from her sister. Yeah, that was I so cute. I so did a lot of uh, people. So, um, but her face, it just like, she was like, like it was Christmas time. I mean, she had a good Christmas time, all right? She was like all aglow, okay? And, yeah, you know, you are so. Inspiration. You got to know that. You are an inspiration. You are a yes, survivor. You are strong. And she you are is. beautiful. Yes, well, I think she is too. Yes, one absolutely. day I'll be as strong as you too. One day, I'm getting there. Well, Keep listening to you, man. You know, building me up. I'm gonna get well, there. It's the truth, well, you Lori. See it now, but I'm telling you what I see. You are beautiful. Mm-hmm. You are strong. Yep. You are powerful. You have so much to offer. You are an example. Of a survivor. That's right. And I That's want right. you to know that. Oh, come That's from you, that the world. Thank you. Thank you so much. And, and she's very, very talented too, with all this stuff. She's very and and I saw that. she, oh my God, the things she makes, my God. So I mean, yeah, you, I you've got it all together, Lori. You don't realize it. You see, you have to get that confidence. It has to be continued to be build you up. Not to be overly, you know, but to be normal. We all have to reach that normal level where we love ourselves. That's not being snooty, okay? People have to love themselves. They do. Mm-hmm. They have to find things about themselves that they can love. They can say, well, I'm good this way, I'm good that way, I can do this, I can do that. And that's all mm-hmm. a part of healing, okay? Because mm-hmm. when you start very much at the beginning, there isn't anything good about you because you're always told, to, I don't know, you're stupid, you're funny looking, I don't know, I'm just saying this, um, you know, whatever. You're never going to amount to anything. That's something that's always one of the biggest things. You're never going to amount to anything, okay? Mm-hmm. And well, that so, was the biggest thing for my mother. Yep. Um, she always thought she was an artist. I never thought she was an artist, you know, mm-hmm. and I told her so. I got punched in the face. Well, what the sure. hell? You know, I took a shot. She did something really ugly. I'm sorry it came out, right? <laughs> she, she wasn't yeah. like that. So when, of course, I didn't talk to him. There was a meeting between my niece, um, my son, her, and my sister's side, like, like 10 minutes from my house, but I wasn't invited to it. So they yeah. all met around. My son brought in the picture book, the photo album, the little one of my pieces and the house and whatever. And he handed it to Gilda and she went through it and he was watching her face. 
You know, and then she was so close. She didn't know what she had. I mean, in the beginning, she tried to get me to do something for her, and I wouldn't do it. So mm-hmm. once then, I was like, look what you threw away. Uh, look what you threw away. Well, now she's nursing home material at 93, and it's just severe pain. Karma comes mm-hmm. around. It does. Mm-hmm. It, it absolutely does. And, you know, I have to say something here because for the last few days I've been going through hell. And uh, Lori knows a little bit of it, and I don't want to say it on air. So, mm-hmm. um, But the point is, um, yeah, I think I told you too a little bit. <laughs> I did. But anyway, the point is um, when people in your family don't support, you know, you, they don't say, okay, I get it. You went through, you know, horrible times. Because all many of us here can can say the sexual, the physical, the mental, the emotional, and you go after okay. And um, the way that I was treated was not the same way my kids were treated, and I'm glad they didn't go through what I went through. Trust me. Mm-hmm. But they didn't understand the significance of it. Okay, they don't get it. And, and when you have like people in the family that don't support your every effort of trying to heal, get better, and do good, to do well, to help mm-hmm. other people. It, it makes it all that much worse and harder, you know, to heal. I'm probably mm-hmm. as, as healed as I'm going to be. I'm happy with myself today. And the three of us here, including yourself, Lori, we should be happy with ourselves because we did make it. We are standing um, you know who you are today. You're more in touch with who you are today. I certainly am. Michelle is, you know, and um, so we're successful. And that's just know that are. you are an inspiration. You might not see it, and that's okay if you don't see it. You keep doing what you're doing, being on here, yeah. and doing the stuff that you're doing. When you make so, those beautiful things that you make and create, that's a, that's that's your healing journey. That's what helps you. You are an inspiration. Just know that. Yes, yeah. she is. Oh, God. She absolutely again. is. Yeah, one day I'll see. I, I, I'm going to really try to see that in me. I really am. I'm working on it. I just Well, people, other people see it in you. Guess what? That's yeah. all you can do. That's all you can do, sweetie. You know, yeah. just, just, keep, just keep being you. Just stay on the positive. That's all. That's you know. Yeah. Our show is over. I've got to tell you guys. Yeah, our show is, I hate, hey, sweethearts, our, our, we got 10 seconds, so I got to wrap this up. Oh, no, it went so fast, <laughs> I, didn't it? It did. The show I went fast. Feel, I just want to say to Phil that you are absolutely loved. I appreciate you coming on this show, and I know you're there in the background, and I want you to know, Phil, even if you don't know it, you're inspiration also. And for everyone who didn't hear that they were loved, just know that you are loved. That you are loved. I love you. Okay. We love you too, Michelle. Absolutely. Yes, you do. And and I do too. Okay, I've gotta I gotta shut this off. Um have a good weekend. I don't know what's going on for tomorrow, Lori. I'll talk to you later. Okay, have a good weekend and um yeah. And uh, we'll be back again soon. Okay, good night and God bless. Good night. Good night.
Love Talk Radio.